Hello, and welcome to our Watch This As An Adult, the podcast where I review movies from my childhood from an adult perspective. And this week, I'll be reviewing 2003's School of Rock. Hello, and welcome to episode 105 of the I Watch This As An Adult movie review podcast. I'm your host, Mikkel Ford. Uh, We're going to be talking about School of Rock from 2003 today, but before, before I get into that and before I get into things we watched this week or things I watched this week, uh, I'm I'm, I'm not having multiple personalities like Moon Knight, uh, which is a show we're going to be talking about in a little bit, but before we talk about Moon Knight, Patreon... Dot com. Go follow me there on Patreon. Uh, I got. I'm gonna have some 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 treats up there uh, pretty soon. As, as as soon as Wednesday, actually uh, Wednesday, I am doing a special episode. I'm doing the uh, 10 year anniversary of the Avengers. I'm gonna do a 10 year. Uh, retrospective of the first Avengers movie which came out in 2012 so yeah the 10 year anniversary of the first Avengers movie is coming up yeah it's been that long guys <laughs> so I uh I got a little treat for that we're gonna be talking I'm gonna be talking about uh how that movie changed pretty much changed cinema pretty much is what I'm gonna be talking about over there uh, and how I feel about the movie 10 years later. So if you don't want to miss that, go follow me on Patreon. Go uh, subscribe to the Patreon. Uh, and uh, that, that's, uh, that Patreon, you don't want to miss the Patreon stuff. I'm guaranteeing you that. It's the Patreon stuff because the Patreon is where I'm going to put all my special episodes all the episodes that are non-canon, like the Batman episode that I did like a month ago, uh, that wasn't canon, uh, stuff like that is going on the Patreon now, so, uh, subscribe to the Patreon so you don't miss all that special, special goodness, the link will be in the description, not in the description of the episode, but go to my, uh, Wherever you follow me, wherever you follow me on Spreaker, on uh, on uh, Apple, on Spotify, there's a link to the Patreon. Uh, go follow that link, and then it'll take you right directly to my Patreon page, and you can go subscribe from there. Uh, Patreon, I watched this as an adult. Is the is the is the URL. So you could you could you I put it up there in my I put it up there in my in my bio. It's in the bio. Go go link it. The link will take it right to the Patreon. And you can go subscribe so you don't miss special episodes of I Watched This As an Adult. So let's get into Moon Knight. Um now that we got that out of the way. Moon Knight episode three. Tell you what I think about this. Think about this show. I like the show so far. Like I said, the first two episodes were pretty good, but I might have to say that this might be 
the better episode so far. I'm like, episode one's good. Episode one was good for origin. Like the origin of 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 of, of Mark Spector, the origin of Stephen Grant, which I would say is more of the origin of Stephen Grant than it is Mark Spector. Because it's episode three and we still don't know a lot about Mark Spector. You know, and in episode three we get a lot more Mark Spector, yet we still don't know that much about Mark Spector. Uh, but anyway, um, episode two tells us a little bit about him. He tells us like he's a goddamn uh, mercenary. Um, it, 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 episode two shows us his wife, so we know a little. You know a little bit about Mark Spector. Um. Which uh, his wife, uh, I, I like his li- his wife. Uh, I think her name is Layla. She's played by May Callumway. I got the actress's name. Her name is May Callumway. Uh, she's good. I like that actress. That actress is pretty good. Um, but this episode, like I said, we get a lot more Mark Spector because at the end of episode two, Mark uh, Mark traps Stephen, his other Ota ego, in the mirror world. He traps him in the mirror world. And so the only time we see Steven, the only time we see Steven Grant is in the mirror world now. And Mark is in control of the body now. And he gets to turn into Moon Knight whenever he damn well pleases now. And I like that. <laughs> like, I like that. We get a lot more Moon Knight. We get a lot more Moon Knight here. We get Moon Knight fighting actual people, you know, this time. <laughs> We don't get Moon Knight uh, fighting invisible imaginary creatures, you know, because that was my that was my gripe with episode two. I was like, is he gonna fight anything that people can see, you know? And when I think he's a, f- I mean, he is a crazy motherfucker, but <laughs> but but people would be like, who's this guy in his goddamn white suit? Because people see the white suit. We've established that. We've established that people see the white suit. Um. We've established that people know that this this thing this 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 suit exists, and we've also. But I just want to see him. Uh, I just wanted to see him fight people that actually exist, fight something that's real, you know. Because even the fight scene in episode two, it made him look like a crazy person. Because it's just like, who's this guy in this white costume fighting? air you know because <laughs> like it because like in his mind he sees a creature but everybody else they just see somebody fighting air it's just like they're like what the fuck is this guy doing they're like you know <laughs> but in this episode finally fights real people he fights people that everybody can see so uh, <laughs> but um the, the, the first part of this episode is pretty fucking brutal because we start with like Mark Spector like like fighting three dudes in like Egypt or Cairo. I think he's in Cairo. I, I believe he's in Cairo. He's like fighting three guys in Cairo. He's just beating the fuck out of him. You know, <laughs> he's, like, he's beating the shit out of him. And uh, even like like Stephen Stephen Grant's trying to come through. And trying to stop Mark from beating the shit out of these three dudes, uh, he kind of take he kind of takes control a little bit, but then Mark immediately takes back control because uh, he leads because Stephen leads him away from the three guys that he's beating up because he's trying to get some uh, info out of these guys. Uh, 
about where to find uh where to find uh, uh Arthur Arthur Harrow uh, played by Ethan Hawke. Uh, he's trying to uh, like because he wants to know where he is because he has the scarab. I forgot to say it, because like there's a scarab that everybody like that Arthur wants, and he finally he got it in episode two. And um, so Mark is on a quest to find Arthur and get that scarab back, so uh, he doesn't do any evil shit with it. So, so that's what he was beating these three guys up trying to get information out of them. So like. But Steven was like, oh, man, you're being too violent. I need to take over. And he takes over the body again for a little bit. And next thing you know, uh, uh, Mark's in the back of a cab. He's like, how the fuck did I get here? Wait a minute. I was, like, beating the shit out of three dudes <laughs> trying to get some answers. And now I'm in a fucking cab or some shit. <laughs> He's like, let me get the fuck out of here. And he gets the fuck out of the cab. And he finds the guys. He finds the guys he was beating up. And, uh, like, Beats the shit out of them again. Uh, I think he blacks out and fucking kills two of them. Uh, and there's like this younger guy. There's this younger kid. I, I don't know. He might be 16, might be 17. I don't think he's legal. Uh, but uh, but Mark really doesn't want to. Like he's beating the shit out of this kid, but he doesn't want to kill this kid. And so uh, Kachu is like. Uh, Kanchu played by F. Murray Abraham which is the spirit of Moon Knight uh, Kanchu comes to uh, Mark Spector and he says hey uh, put that cause they're like they're on like, a, they're on like a mountain on top of like a mountain or something and Kanchu says hey uh, put that kid over the ledge <laughs> and Mark's like it's a fucking kid bro he's like I don't want to kill this kid and uh, Kanchu's like you're just intimidating him he'll talk he like he's like he's like he's a child. He'll talk. He's gonna get scared, and he's gonna be like, "Oh God, I'll tell you everything you know." And so uh, Mark takes this kid, and he's holding him by his like he has a scarf around his neck. He's holding this kid by his scarf, and he's like, "Tell me where uh, tell me where the scarab is and all this stuff." And the kid is just like, "Hey man, fuck you!" And he cuts the fucking and he cuts the fucking uh scarf off and he fucking falls to his death it was like wow it was like marvel went there (laughs) killing kids like that was that was that was some netflix marvel shit that they did right there (laughs) i was like they actually showed a fucking kid being being killed you know like like they show him falling and then they show his body at the uh, at the bottom of the goddamn mountain like he's dead he's fucking dead and I think, like, Kanchu's just like, well, I thought he would talk, you know, so he was just like, well, fuck me, right? <laughs> but yeah, man, um, we get a lot more, but like I said, like I said, get a lot more Moonlight, Moon Knight, we get a lot more Mark Spector, we get to see other, um, other spirits, like, there's, like, these other, like, people in, cause, um, Mark goes to this pyramid, and he's talking to, like, these other people that are inherited by spirits like Kanchu, Egyptian gods like Kanchu, and he's a, and like the gods like speak through the people, like there's this, uh, there's this like a Middle Eastern girl, uh, who's like, she's like the main one they focus on, there's this Middle Eastern girl that they focus on, she talks to like a spirit, like she has a, a, a god that speaks through her, 
and um, there's this white guy that's there, and he has a god that speaks through him. Like those are the two main ones they focus on. There's a couple of there's a black woman I remember too, like a black woman with like curly hair. Uh, she has a god that speaks through her. Like those are the three that stand out to me. Uh, but yeah, so like he goes to see these people, and like it's like the gods are speaking to each other through the vessels, which are the people. And then, like, uh, I guess, like, Arthur, I think Arthur shows up. Um, and, no, he shows up at the end. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm skipping ahead. He shows up at the end. But, um, yeah, Moon Knight, I mean, uh, Mark Spector, <laughs> not, not Moon Knight, Mark Spector, uh, he, 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 he reunites with his wife, uh, Layla, uh, who's making, like, fake IDs, I think. She's making, like, a fake passport. At the beginning of the episode, because uh, I think that the, the episode starts with her, with like she's making, like she's got this old lady who's like got some type of relations to her, and like she's making like fake, she's making like a fake passport for her, and um, yeah, that's that was that was that. So he 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 hooks up with his wife, and they go to see like these kind of like like desert circus performers or whatever the fuck they are because like they're on horses and they got like sticks and shit and like there's a tomb i think like there's like a tomb there and i I think like mark's trying to crack the code to try to get into the tomb i i I, excuse me i forgot what the fuck that was about you know (laughs) excuse me but um they were trying to get into that tomb, and the guy that runs the, the guy that runs the whole thing, he's like, "Hey, man, what the fuck y'all doing?" And, <laughs> and then he gets into this whole big ass. They get into this whole big ass fight with these guys. Uh, Mark turns into Moon Knight and fights these guys, and uh, like they show like his powers. Like these guys are like stabbing him with the sticks, but he can't die. Is the thing like he's like like I, like Moon Knight has uh regeneration abilities because like they're stabbing him like they're stabbing him cold like and like fucking vital organs and shit and he's not going down he's not fucking dying so uh so like he's fighting these guys um and i think this is when this is like at the end of this is when arthur shows up and uh he traps uh conchu like he's talking to conchu conchu comes out of mark and he's just talking he's like what are you doing? And he was like, "You don't know what you're talking about. You're gonna, you're gonna destroy the world or some shit like that." He was saying, he was like, "With your, with your thoughts and all this shit." Uh, and so, like, the other gods agree with Arthur, and they trap Conchu in this statue, in this little miniature statue, and that's it. That's the episode. <laughs> like, we're gonna see. We're gonna see where it goes from here, like, cause the way that ended, I was like, okay, well, what are we gonna do for episode four? Like now, episode four looks like it's gonna be the the quest for Mark to get um, Conchu back and try to re- resurrect him and summon him back so he could summon Moon Knight again. Because, like, without Kanchu, without Kanchu, he can't summon Moon Knight. So, that kind of, that kind of kills that, you know? Like, so, it's another episode. I'm kind of dreading episode four now, because, like, it's just going to be another episode 
probably. I don't know. They may shock me. Uh, is this going to be another episode where we don't see Moon Knight? Eh, I want to see more Moon Knight. Like, this episode right here is the most Moon Knight we got. Like, episode three, we really got to see a lot of Moon Knight. And episode four is just like, well, we're going to take that shit away from you. You know what I mean? It seems like. We're like, I don't know how fast he's going to get Conchu back. I don't know if he's going to get Conchu back maybe in like the last five minutes and turns into Moon Knight again. Which like that shit, if they do that, like they keep doing that shit because we only got like three episodes left. If they do that shit in episode five and episode six, I'm going to be like this show. Because I'm liking it so far. I like episode one. They got away with it there. I like episode two. They got away with it there. Uh, we got a little bit. We got a, we got a lot more Moon Knight than expected in episode three, but Number four, episode four looks like there's not gonna be a lot of Moon Knight, and I came here to see Moon Knight. The show's called Moon Knight, not Mark Spector. You know, so <laughs> I was like, I want to see some more fucking Moon Knight. I want to see Moon Knight like bash some fucking skulls in. That's what I came here to see. Um, but yeah, man, we'll see. We'll see what episode four is. Is we'll see what that what that's about. Um, I watched a movie. Um, right after I was done with Moon Knight, uh, I watched a movie on Netflix because I was reading reviews, or I saw a review, a, a glimpse of a review on the internet about this movie that was on Netflix. It's called, uh, it's called Metal Lords. And I was like, uh, and it seems to get the, it seemed to have gotten like the vitriol of, uh, heavy metal, uh, purist or heavy metal fans and I was like hmm let me watch this I'm gonna watch this and so I watched it and they got every they got every right to be fucking ex- fucking upset because this movie is fucking terrible <laughs> you know? the movie is about like these two kids it's about these two kids that start a, a heavy metal band and like it's this, it's this. Uh, one is this kid with glasses. He's the drummer, and like he doesn't really give a shit about metal too much. He just likes playing the drums because he's in the band. Like he's in like the school band, and he just likes playing the fucking drums. And so like this other kid who's like really into metal. Uh, I'm gonna get to him a little bit later. <laughs> I'm gonna get to him a little bit later because I'm gonna talk about him. Let's just say that. Uh, and he gets, like, well, like, the other kid that really likes metal, he gets this kid, the other kid, to join a band with him, and, like, they, like, they enter, like, a battle of the bands, and, uh, and, uh, the drummer guy was like, we need a bass player, we need a fucking bass player, we need to find a bass player, and, like, they're looking for bass players, and, um, the, the guy with the glasses finds, like, this girl. I think she's, like, Scottish or some shit. Like, she's, like, a foreign exchange student or some shit. And, uh, like, she moved from Scotland. They, her family moved from Scotland to America. But she also has, like, bipolar disorder, I believe. Like, she'll snap on people any minute. And she plays the cello. And uh, the, the kid with the glasses... Like starts having feelings for this girl, but he also wants her to join the band. And the guy, the guy that's really into metal, doesn't want to want her to join the band because he's like, "You're a fucking girl. Girls can't be in metal bands, which is the most fucking chauvinistic shit I've ever fucking heard." <laughs> you know. 
Uh, but I'm just gonna say this. Um, and I'm glad that I found this movie. I'm glad that I found this movie at the exact same time I'm reviewing School of Rock because this movie is the anti School of Rock. Because, like, this movie seems dated as fuck. Because we got. Uh, I mean, let's talk about this kid, man. This main kid. Uh, this main kid. Uh, let me. I, I don't stop stop calling him main kid, cause. Uh, let me stop calling him main kid and find find these people's characters' fucking names. Uh, let me see if I can find the goddamn name. Shit. Uh, excuse me. Try to find names. I don't think they have a wiki. This. Does not have a fucking Wikipedia. Let's go to IMDb. IMDb is, 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 is good. Hunter. Yeah, that's his name. The kid's name is Hunter. The main kid that loves metal, his name is Hunter. And the other kid's name is Kevin. That's the other kid's name. And the uh, the girl's name is uh, Emily. That's her name. So we got Hunter, Kevin, and Emily. But yeah, they're... Um, but like the hunter kid, like he's this kid is like a fucking metal kid that came straight out of like fucking 1985 or some shit cuz he listens to like a lot of old bands which I got nothing I got nothing against that because I listen to a lot of old bands but I'm also fucking 36 years old, you know, so like half these bands I actually fucking grew up on. Like, like this motherfucker listens to Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and uh, fucking Anthrax. And he listens to like old thrash Metallica because everybody knows that uh, 90s Metallica is gay or whatever the fuck people want to say. I actually like, I, I, I'm probably going to get some hate on this, but I actually like 90s Metallica. You know, like, I have no problem with 90s Metallica, honestly. But, um,. Yeah, but, like, he listens to all these, like, older, older bands. And I was like, where'd they get this fucking kid from? You know? <laughs> and, like, he's wearing, like, a, he was wearing, like, a Iron Maiden Aces High t-shirt. You know, like, like Aces High came out in, like, what, 1982 or some shit? You know? <laughs> it's old. It's fucking old. I love Iron Maiden. I like, I'm a, I'm a metal dude. You know, like, I'm a metal guy. But, like, I'm a metal dude, like, just as much as I love, um, uh, old school hip-hop, I love old school metal, you know, but I love the throwback shit, but this kid is way younger, like, this kid's gotta be, like, fucking, I always say he may be fucking 16, might be 16 years old, and I was like, where'd you, where the fuck did they get this kid, um, not to mention that the kids dated the move. The, the idea of this movie is fucking dated because all these kids go to high school, right? All of them go to high school, but the high school. I'm like, is this a high school from like, from like fucking 1998 or some shit? Because <laughs> you know? I'm like, this is clearly this movie is clearly made by motherfuckers that don't understand uh zillennial teenagers, you know. <laughs> Like I said, I was watching Euphoria in my last episode, watching Euphoria. I was like, those are people that understand Zillennial teenagers because those are how fucking Zillennial teenagers fucking act. 
this movie right here doesn't understand zillennial teenagers because like they got like bullies that actually beat people up you know and they call people faggots and it was like no fucking zillennial kid is doing that these days <laughs> they're cyberbullying is what they're doing they're cyberbullying and they're catching they're like they're, they're, they're putting up embarrassing videos of you online on on social media and on youtube and all this shit that's what they do they don't go up and punch a kid in the face you know because they're not trying to get expelled from school is the is the thing was going on like these kids are smart they're dumb but they're smart you know like, they understand that if i put because like they understand if i punch this kid i'm getting kicked the fuck out they understand that shit there's even a scene where like they got these jock guys and like the metal kid um, they tortured the shit out of this metal kid, out of the main kid, Hunter. Um, but he's, he is kind of a fucking douche. Like, he's kind of a fucking douchebag. But this kid, like, there's a, there's a kid that's a jock, like, they got these jock guys. And they're, like, the old school, like, jocks that we saw in, like, the past 25, 30 years. <laughs> Where they just they like they're like like revenge of the nerds jocks, you know? <laughs> We're like, what you say to me, nerd? And they're like those type of jocks. And it's I was just like, dude, no, no kid fucking acts like this. Now, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, like, if I, I, I hate it, but if you want to see the way kids fucking act these days, watch Euphoria that's a perfect spot on of what these kids act like these days um but yeah like 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 i was saying i'm getting i'm getting thrown off uh i'm getting thrown off from my thought uh the 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 there's a there's a jock kid like the jock kid fucks with the metal kid for no reason like because like they're at a party and he throws this fucking kid uh into like a a keyboard or some shit because there's another band there like they're like a kind of they play like pop hits they're kind of like a pop band and they're supposed to be like the rival band but they're really fucking nice dudes <laughs> that's the thing <laughs> they don't make them like douchebags the 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 rival the rival band they don't make them douches they kind of make them like super nice guys <laughs> but they just like playing fucking justin bieber songs <laughs> or some shit <laughs> And they love playing Ed Sheeran songs. You know, <laughs> that's their thing. But they're supposed to be evil because they like Ed Sheeran. I don't, I guess, I guess that's, I don't know. But, uh, you know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, this jock kid is just torturing him. And like, there's a scene in the movie where he, where he tries to run this fucking kid over with a fucking, uh, with a fucking pickup truck, he drives a pickup truck, and like these kids, like the kid has like a, the kid has a fucking car too, like he has like a, uh, like a, like a old school like challenger car, and uh, they have a fucking legit high speed chase, because of bullying, <laughs> because of bullying, they have a legit high speed chase, and I was like, what kids do this? I was like, it's the murderous bullies again. We have to get away. We really have to get away from the murderous bullies. The murderous bullies that try to kill the other kids. 
the, try to kill the other kid that they're bullying. We have to get away from that shit. That that's not cool, bro. It's not cool. It's not realistic either. Like, nope, they're not trying to fucking murder each other. But um, anyway, uh, we also get some cameos in this movie. We get a cameo from uh, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine, who I think he's also an executive producer. If I, I think I checked right, because this is written and directed by the dudes that did Game of Thrones. By the way, <laughs> this movie is written and uh directed by the guys that did game of thrones uh but and i think uh tom morello is an executive producer on it which i was like tom come on bro why, why would you make this bullshit <laughs> you know like, why would you produce this bullshit uh scott in gets a cameo scott in the guitar player for anthrax um there was somebody else in this oh kurt hammett kurt hammett from metallica's in here uh rob helford from judas priest is here uh he makes a cameo also uh we also got joe magnianello in here he plays like a ex-metal guy that became a doctor <laughs> you know <laughs> he was like supposed to be like disgraced like he actually made it and he became like a metal guy but then like the band broke up and he got uh all wasted and shit like he was like on, on he was like an alcoholic or some shit and he got himself clean and then he became a fucking doctor you know <laughs> you know <laughs> that was the thing uh but yeah man this movie's this movie's a piece of shit really <laughs> it really is and i can understand why metal fans are mad at this because i was looking at this shit i was like man this shit look dated as fuck this shit look dated as fucking like it's another thing that makes fucking metal look lame really <laughs> you know like <laughs> if a kid was to watch this and it and watch this that doesn't listen to metal they're not gonna start because they make metal look fucking lame in this movie is what they do and it's for people that should fucking know better you know you know <laughs> that's the thing they got people in here that should fucking know better uh scott ian should know better tom morello should know better rob helford and kurt hammett should know fucking better you know i think i, I think gary holt from exodus was in this movie too but i don't think i i might be imagining that i don't know but uh but <laughs> but i was like this come this came from fucking people that know better people that fucking know what the fuck metal is co-sign this shit that's what that's the upsetting part about it that's the fucking upsetting shit about it but yeah man like it's just it's a dumb fucking movie. I don't even. I wouldn't fucking recommend it. Don't even waste your time watching it like I did for content. So uh, you know, <laughs> I thought it would just be something fun to talk about because I was like, this movie is so fucking stupid. But anyway, I'm done. I'll be back with my review of School of Rock right after these messages. Alright guys, welcome back to the show, School of Rock from 2003, let's talk about the technical, this movie was uh, directed by uh, Richard Linkletter of all people, I, I, just, I didn't even notice that this was directed by Richard Linkletter actually, because uh, I think I knew back then it was directed by him, even then that shocked me, and then when 
the movie pops up again. I think it says at the beginning it says a Richard Linkletter film, and I was like, Richard Linkletter, what the fuck? I was like, you know, like, I was like, <laughs> because like I was shocked that he directed this, because like this this is the kind of movie that seems like something out of his wheelhouse, you know, like because like. He directs he because like he directed Dazed and Confused, which is a fucking classic. Uh, I, that's a movie I gotta get to. Uh, and he directed um, he directed uh, his first movie is called Slacker. Uh, he directed that movie Slacker, which is kind of like this like going through the lives of people type of movie. <laughs> you know, like he's just following people around. I think like Austin. I think he's following people around like Austin, Texas, because I think that, I believe that's where he's from. And he's just following these people, doing their day-to-day shit, you know, <laughs> like, that's just the movie, that's Slacker, that's the fucking movie, um, uh, and then, like, then after that, he did Days and Confused, he did, like, Before Sunset, Sunrise, whatever the fuck that movie was, with the, the little, the movie with Ethan Hawke, which I never really fucking seen, I'm gonna be honest with you, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I never really seen that movie, it was like, it's a movie that I've heard about, but I was just like, and I was just like, hey, maybe it's something I'll check out. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But this movie, uh, this movie right here is a movie. I was like, damn, this kind of, this kind of took me by surprise that he would do something like this. It's like, cause it's real, cause it's a, it's a studio movie. Like, this is a studio movie about kids. And like, it's like kind of, it's kind of geared towards children. Never really, never really thought he would do a movie like this, honestly. Uh, the screenplay was written by Mike White, who is also a co-star in the movie. Uh, the movie has a budget of th- had a budget of thirty-five million and brought in one hundred and thirty-one point three million dollars at the box office. Huge success. The movie also has a Rotten Tomato score of ninety-two percent, which is really good. Uh, let's talk about how I saw this movie as a kid, which I wasn't really a kid in 2003, I was, I was a teenager, <laughs> I was a teenager, I think, I think, I'm not sure when this movie came out, I think I was like, I was a senior in high school when this movie came out, nope, I was wrong, I'm looking it up, this movie came out in October, I was out of high school, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> at this point, you know, <laughs> I just graduated, but, <laughs> but I was still 17, I was 17 years old, and I remember going to see this in the theater, and I remember actually loving this movie, man, I love this movie, uh, this movie is essentially a kid's movie, like I said, it's essentially a kid's movie, but I remember my big 17-year-old ass just loving this movie, I guess because they were like talking about rock music, you know, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I like rock music. Like I said, I'm not really, I'm like, I'm not really a music bias guy. You know, it's like there's no music that I can't get into. You know, because like I like, I like hard rock. Like I said in the, in the in my previous segment, I like heavy metal. I like uh, hip hop, mostly old school hip hop. Um, I'm, I'm cool with R and B also R&B and there's some pop music where I was just like hey you know what this song's not bad you know there's even a little bit there's even like some some a little bit of country music where I'm just like not new country but like old country <laughs> you know like, <laughs> like old country music I'm 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 not really 
I don't really hate on older country music, but new country music, I don't really care for it. It fucking sucks. But anyway, uh, you know, <laughs> new country music fucking sucks to me. But um, if you like it, that's cool. Uh, but yeah, man. But like I was saying, like they were talking about rock music here, so I was just like, oh wow, I'm like this is new. Um, automatically, as this movie starts, man, Jack Black is just a big ball of energy like he plays uh this uh this guitar player named dewey finn who's just like he's just doing too much he's doing too fucking much uh that that that's pretty much his character like this guy that just he wants to be a rock star he wants to just show out and just do do the most pretty much he just does the most uh also um uh, one thing I like about this movie, the one thing I like about this movie is I love how they uh, put a spin on the bitchy girlfriend trope uh, because a lot in a lot of these like lovable slacker movies, like the guy has like, this overbearing girlfriend who wants him to do something productive with his life and she's like she pretty much threatened threatens to like take pussy away from him. If he doesn't change, you know, like this shit, like, like Airheads. Anybody seen Airheads? If you remember Airheads, which is another movie in the Rolodex, it's going to be done someday. Uh, you know, like, it's kind of like Airheads uh, in that in that case. Like Airheads is a, is a perfect example of that. Uh, where like there's like this slacker guy who's like a rock guy who's like he's got this overbearing girlfriend. She's like, hey, you you wanna fucking do something with your life other than fucking play music all day and it's not making any fucking money, <laughs> you know, type of shit like that. Uh, but here the overbearing girlfriend is not his girlfriend; it's his roommate's girlfriend. Uh, and uh, Sarah Silverman plays that role, and Sarah Silverman perfect in this role because this is like naturally just her personality <laughs> you know <laughs> uh uh mike white plays uh ned uh dewey's nebbish roommate who is the boyfriend of uh sarah silverman's character uh and he's just fucking he's just fucking pussy whipped you know <laughs> He is just pussy whip because he tried to make it like at first you're like because like you see uh, Sarah Silverman talking to uh, Mike White's character Ned. I forgot her. I forgot her character's name. God damn it! What is her character's fucking name? I, hold on. Uh, Patty. You see Patty talking to uh, to Ned, and she's she's pretty much talking about talking about how much Dewey is a fucking freeloader, pretty much. Is what she's saying. Like she's saying, like Dewey's a fucking freeloader. You need to drop his ass. Like you need to kick him the fuck out because we just paying. All we doing is paying his way. It just it is kind of like um, they're his mother and father because like a grown ass man getting paid for by another grown ass man <laughs> and another and, a, and another grown ass woman is like not cool. You know, it's not the coolest, not the coolest fucking thing, you know, uh, especially, like, people, like, they ain't fucking family or nothing like that, <laughs> they just, and, like, that is something I would never do, I would never accept money from friends, that's not something, is not something that I do, you know, like, cause I, I don't wanna ruin, cause, like, it's something that I don't do, I don't wanna ruin friendships, you know, I don't want, I don't, 
I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing that, you know, I'm not taking any money from you, and then I'll be like, and then it's like, oh, man, uh, you got that 20 bucks that you owe me, <laughs> you whatever the fuck, you know, like some shit like that, and I'm like, dude, I'm like, no, nah, I'm, my pride won't let me do that, you know, my pride won't let me fucking take money from friends, you know, and this right here is just kind of like, this is the ultimate taking money from friends shit, where like, you live with them, and like, they're actually paying, they're just pretty much paying for fucking everything, they're paying for you to live, they're paying for your food, you know, like, they're paying for everything, and you just, you just kind of like fucking freeload off of them, that's not, that's not my thing, that's not what I do, so, uh, I don't, I don't really, I don't really fuck with that either, so, (laughs) so, uh, but the thing about, like, the thing about Ned is, like, Ned, you kind of get the, you kind of get the, at at the beginning, you kind of think that Ned is scared of Dewey, but no, like, Ned's not scared of Dewey, like, he, he just doesn't want to lose his girlfriend, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because even, even, he even uh, specifies that, because he's like, come on, man, he's like, I might never get another girlfriend, come on, man, he's like, can you just, pay your half of the rent, come on, man, and he's just, like, you know, <laughs> as his thing, because, like, he just doesn't want to lose his girlfriend, you know, like, he, 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 he cares about her, and all that, and, like, it, Sarah Silverman's cute, you know, like, I'm like, I don't have a problem with Sarah Silverman, but, uh, yeah, man, that's, that's just pretty much that situation, uh, Dewey's also in a, uh, douchey rock band, <laughs> like, he's in a douchey late 90s post-grunge band, <laughs> that's his band like it's like they're really making fun of those type of bands you know bands like um what's a band that was out in like fucking 1997 you know like making fun of bands like fucking matchbox 20 and shit you know like <laughs> making fun of bands like bands like fucking vertical horizon or some shit like that <laughs> You gotta be, you gotta be from that era to remember Vertical Horizon. You know, so, you know? <laughs> they're make, they're kind of making fun of those type of bands. Uh, cause even a guy, he like the way he sings, he sings like a douchey late '90s post grunge lead singer. You know, but yeah, but Dewey gets Dewey gets kicked out of that band. That's that. So he's broke and bandless now. That's his thing. Like, he's broke and bandless. So, what's he gonna do now? Uh, he's gonna take his roommate's identity and become a substitute teacher. That's the next thing he's gonna fucking do. That's, that's what he does. Uh, so, like, he accepts a, he accepts a job at a, at a prep school, which, uh, Joan Cusack is the, uh, principal at. Like, she's the principal there at Joan Cusack. My God. Oh my god, uh, Joan Cusack has, like, this hot dominatrix principal thing going on here, like, it's like she, uh, steps on men's balls at night as a side gig when she's not being a principal, you know, like, that's her thing, you know, <laughs> cause, like, she's, like, she, she looks, she's, she's a, she looks like she's a really dirty girl in this movie, you know, <laughs> like, she, like, she's supposed to be, like, she just carries a whip around, you know, and calls you a naughty boy, but yeah, man, that's her thing, that's her thing here, uh, 
it was also here that I noticed how much her and her brother John look alike. <laughs> you know, like, they do a lot of close-ups on her. And I've never really noticed how much they look alike. Because I've seen her in other movies. I've seen her in other movies. I've watched other movies with Joan, that Joan Cusack has been in. I've watched movies that John Cusack has been in. You know, one of my favorite movies stars John Cusack. But, uh, you know, but, but yeah, was like, I was looking at her. I was like, damn, I was like, they do look alike. Because <laughs> there's certain faces that she makes. And I was like, yeah, they brother and sister, all right. <laughs> but let's talk about the kids now. Uh, because they're a very important component to this movie. Uh, the kids have great chemistry with Jack Black. Like, he has to, like, pull it out of some of the kids, but, you know, they're fucking kids, you know? They're hard to, they're hard to wrangle. Uh, when it comes to acting and natural talent, uh, Miranda Cosgrove, who plays Summer, she is the standout, like, I see why that girl, like, went on to become a star at Nickelodeon, like, she's, she's, she's got the chops, like, she, you can tell, like, she was the one in that whole movie, like, she's she like, I fucking want this, god damn it, you know, <laughs> she was, she was the one that stood out to me, she's the, the real standout actress, like, child actress in this movie, when the music sequences start, that's when, like, the rest of the kids start to shine, like, cause, like, they're so musically talented man like i remember watching i remember watching this movie when i saw it in the theater i remember watching this movie and kind of wanted the kids to start a band in real life (laughs) you know like i wanted it to be like a real school of rock rock band with these kids uh because like it's like they're really fucking talented all those kids are like talented at the instruments and like there's like some good uh because they got like background singers and stuff like this this one girl that stands out. I don't know if it's like I don't know. I don't know if I'm jumping ahead. Uh, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead because I don't know if I have any notes about her. But uh, cause, yes, I write notes. Uh, I don't know if I have any notes about her. I don't have any notes about her. But this is one girl. Uh, uh, the character's name is Tamika. Uh, she's played by uh, Miriam Hassan. Uh, she has a amazing voice for her age. I think this girl's like ten at the time. Like, this girl's, like, fucking, this girl was, like, 10 years old at the time, and she sung like a fucking 35-year-old woman, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> her voice is, her voice is amazing, uh, but yeah, man, like, the kids are fucking talented, man, uh, let's talk about Dewey, man, like, Dewey is low-key kind of predatory with these kids, and I'm not talking about in, like, a catch-a-predator type of way, but, like, he does, like, take advantage of these kids. And, like, it's so sad. It's so sad to see him take advantage of these kids because they're so sweet. And they're so, they're so innocent. And, like, he's just using these kids, like, for his own personal gain, you know? And, like, there's, like, there's a scene where, like, he picks, like, the class. He picks the kids, like, what they're going to do. And... He makes one of the, he makes one of the, not makes one of them, he makes three of the girls groupies, um, one of them being, uh, Miranda Cosgrove's, uh, character, because, like, he doesn't know, because, like, they don't have any fucking talent, they don't know how to do anything, so he was just like, uh, groupies, <laughs> and, uh, there's a scene where, like, Miranda Cosgrove's character actually confronts Jack Black about that, <laughs> Cause she thought that what a groupie was, so like that was a funny, that was a little funny uh, exchange. Uh, 
but Dewey's character would have been like a great music history teacher uh, because like he knows a lot about music history like if the rock man thing didn't work out for him like he could have done that he had it cause like um that's the thing like you can always find something to do uh that's close to what you want to do even if you don't fucking make it you know like even if you don't make it like there's always a chance that you're gonna be happy doing something that involves that you know like if he didn't make it in rock music like as a rock star he could have been a music teacher he could have been a music history teacher all you gotta do is just like go back to school <laughs> you know i know that's the hard part <laughs> going back to school uh going back to school taking up and taking up a music history class and like getting like a getting a degree in it and going back and teaching music history to kids becoming a professor and teaching music history that could have been his thing but he was so dead set on being a rock star <laughs> so like like he he didn't notice that he had a fucking calling like like he had a, he had a calling right there right in front of him but there's also a scene in here where like Dewey performs one of his songs in front of the kids and it's both cringe and funny at the same time I was like cause like he's cause like he's not playing I'm thinking cause he's got a guitar but he's not playing the guitar he's just mimicking a guitar and just singing some of the lyrics and the kids are just awkwardly just staring at him <laughs> it's like it's a funny fucking scene uh another thing uh Dewey has the kids like practice in the classroom but like there's a problem with that I want to know because I gotta have a question for that because like how do they sneak those instruments in the classroom because like you got like a you got like a big ass drum set in the classroom like how do you sneak that in because it's like covert because like the other teachers and the, and Joan Cusack's character who's the principal the principal isn't supposed to know that this is going on because if they if they know uh Jack Black getting getting going to be getting the fuck out of there you know so <laughs> but yeah the middle of this movie is just filler to me but it's good filler it's just like jack working with the kids like interacting with the kids uh uh like trying to get the band because like there's this battle of the bands thing they're trying to get into and like he's trying to get them in the battle of the bands and all this stuff so like it's a it's a lot of just filler with him and the kids uh i do like uh the small interaction between jack black and joe cusack I wish I which I wish there was like more of that, you know, because I like how they twist that relationship. Because in any other movie, any other movie, she would have been his love interest. But he don't he don't find her attractive. He using her too. He, he ain't even trying to fuck her, you know. So really, you know, like like he, he like Dewey is a fucking user. Like he uses those kids. He uses the principal. Like, he even uses his friends. Like, Dewey's a kind of a fucking piece of shit. Uh, he uses everybody to get ahead. And, uh, another, another standout, I like the mini nervous breakdown that Joan Cusack has when she's confiding in Dewey. Like, they're sitting in Dewey's van. <laughs> yeah, his van. They're sitting in Dewey's van, and, like, she's having like this 
kind of like mental breakdown talking about how hard it is to be a principal and like and that's the real moment that's a that's a real moment right there man because like she's talking about how hard it is because like she's like i gotta be serious all the time and i can't be fun anymore because i'm caring for other people's kids and they don't and like they don't play about their kids and she was like so like anything happens to their kids that's my ass and like there ain't no way around it so I got the bitch. Like she was like she was like it turned me into something. I don't want to be this bitch. I think that's what she said. She was like it turned me into a bitch, and I don't want to be a bitch, but I gotta be a bitch because of the because of this job. And I'm like I'm like that's some real shit. That's a lot of people that are in like higher management and shit like that. Like they used to be cool, but then like they get this higher management job, and then like everybody thinks they're a fucking asshole and they're a bitch. You know. Some are, <laughs> you know, some are just naturally that, uh, but there's some that just like, they want to be cool, but they can't be cool because they're somebody's boss, you know, so, <laughs> so that was a real moment. I love that they put that in there, uh, but at the end, uh, Sarah Silverman calls the cops on Dewey for impersonating a teacher, and this is what I hate about this movie. I look at this movie now um, as an adult. Uh, as an illegal adult, because uh, I was 17 when I saw this movie, but like they kind of portray her character as a villain, but actually she's in the right because, like I said, like Dewey is a user and like he was using those kids. He was using those kids for his personal gain. He's not supposed to be in that school. He's not a real fucking teacher, and like who knows? Like they don't they don't know this guy. Like who knows with this guy? guy could have done with those kids they had to throw a pedal joke in there too they they kind of allude to that the pedal joke it's a it's a funny pedal joke but they had to like it's just they had to throw that in there they had to be like hey uh this guy could have been a pedophile you don't know but you know <laughs> but yeah man if this was real dewey would be in jail for child endangerment and identity theft that was that is what would happen to him but in this movie uh but in this movie uh he wins uh, so, uh, so, <laughs> uh, the kids sneak out of the school, uh, to play a rock show with him, uh, that's another charge of kidnapping, by the way, <laughs> you know, like, the kids sneak out, and if they find him with the kids, they're gonna say that he fucking kidnapped the kids, uh, cause they don't have consent to fucking be around him, but, like, uh, cause like I said, like, I look at this movie really different as an adult, because I think that Sarah Silverman is the real hero of this movie because she's the only person in this movie that is a responsible adult. She's a responsible adult. Uh, Ned is not really the responsible adult. Uh, Dewey's definitely not a responsible adult. Even uh, Joan Cusack's character, Roz, is kind of irresponsible, even though she had that big breakdown about being serious and... I don't want to be this and blah blah blah. Even though she had that, she's kind of next. She's kind of a negligent principal because she let a dude in there that she doesn't know be the principal, and I mean, I'll be the principal, be be a teacher, and I do. I'm like, I'm trying to remember because I actually have some expertise in the education field because I was in the education. Uh, I was in the education system for a, for a while, 
<laughs> you know, for a while. Uh, I was a sub. I was a sub for like a year. And then uh, I was uh, I was a, um, a school technician. Uh, I worked at a college for about, oh, shit. I don't know, I work at that, like, about, like, five, six years, I want to say, <laughs> about, like, five, six years, so I got, I, I've been in the education system for a while, and uh, there's background checks, they have to do background checks, because when I became a sub, I had to go fill out an application, I had to go fill out an application, I had to do a fucking background check, you know? <laughs> You know, and then they put you in a room with other teachers, and like you have like a you have like a um what's it called? God damn it! Uh, um, god dang it, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's something that everybody every job does before you start. Uh, and I've I, I'm blank I'm blanking on it right now as I always do on this fucking podcast. Uh, <laughs> blanking on something that's really fucking important. Um. God damn it. What's it called? Shit. Uh, but, uh, orientation. Yeah. (laughs) You have an orientation and they tell you what to do and what not to do. Uh, touching the kids is a real big part of what not to do. They tell you that off the bat. They're like, don't touch any of the kids. You touch any of the kids, you're going to jail off top. So, uh, you know, like, you know like, that's the main thing they tell you. So, uh, so, uh, Joe Cusack's character is a little fucking, uh, she is a little irresponsible. Uh, cause like she, she didn't really, she didn't get his ID. Cause I think, cause I think when I was a sub, they had to get your ID to make sure you're the person. When I was subbing, when I was a substitute teacher, because uh, like they, every every school I would go to, because uh, like I mostly taught I mostly taught at elementary schools and middle schools. Uh, every school that you went to, they had to get your ID because they want to make sure that you're the person. You're not just some guy that's just like oh yeah, because like anybody can answer the phone, just like in this movie. <laughs> it could be your pedophilic little brother that answers the phone. He's like. Uh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm that dude. Yeah, I'm like this is a good chance for me to be around some children. You know, you know, like it could be that it could be that shit. Anybody can answer the fucking phone. So she's kind of negligent too. So like Sarah Silverman's character Patty, she's the only person that's a responsible adult. But it's movie world, so the mediocre white man is the hero. So, you know, so that's that. Overall, I still like this movie. It's a silly, fun movie. Uh, it's kind of like the last movie of its kind, like the movie that like focuses on a loser that has like a ragtag group of kids and they make him a better man. You know, like uh, Bad News Bears, like The Mighty Ducks, like uh, Hardball. You know, like, like those type of movies. Uh, what's that other movie? There was another movie like that about the soccer, The Big Green. You know, like the Big Green, which is another movie. Like all these movies, are, they're coming down. They're coming down the pike. I don't even know why I keep saying, "Oh yeah, I'm doing that movie." Like, it, you guys know, like if I want to keep doing this podcast, I gotta find some fucking movies. So uh, you know, so, but, <laughs> but yeah, man, this is like kind of those last movies, like last movies like that. They don't make these type of movies anymore. It's the last of its kind. Uh, Jack Black is great in this movie. 
uh, I believe like this was his like breakout lead role because I went through his filmography and Jack's been acting for a long time. Jack's been acting since he was a kid. Honestly, you know, like I want to say because because like there's a there's actually a, a commercial, an Atari commercial that he did when he was like 12. I think he's like 12 years old. It's like in the 80s, you know, <laughs> it's like in the 1980s. And like he did an Atari commercial. And like so like that's how long he's been acting. He's been acting at least. He's been acting at least since he was like 12 years old. You know, but like he's never really had like that role that broke him out. He's really good in High Fidelity, which is another movie that stars John Cusack. <laughs> he's really good in High Fidelity, but like that move that movie got him noticed, but it didn't really like break him out into superstardom. This is the movie that breaks him out into superstardom. This is like the movie where people start to notice him as a leader leading man. Uh, but like his career after that, after this movie has really been hit and miss. It's like he did, uh, he did King Kong. King Kong did like a, did like a good, uh, did, did something good for him. Um, other than that, he hasn't really been in a lot of good fucking movies, really. <laughs> you know, like, cause like I think King Kong was him trying to, King Kong was him trying to cross over into being a serious, a serious, uh, actor, you know, uh, like, co- comedic actors, they're like, I'm tired of being, like, the silly clown, <laughs> I'm tired of being a silly clown, I want to do some, I want to do some serious shit, so he did King Kong, uh, but that didn't really do anything for him, uh, he did Shark Tale, uh, he did Nacho Libre, you know, Kung Fu Panda is really, like, the big thing for him, like, he's the voice of Kung Fu Panda, that's really, like, the big thing for him, uh, but yeah, man, he really, really ain't, really ain't really done shit that, like, just like, oh my god, this is fucking amazing, I can't believe, uh, have you seen that Jack Black movie, you know, that, that's amazing, uh, he'll get, he'll get that movie, he'll get that movie one day, as long as he's still here, he'll get that fucking movie, but, I like the like I said the kids are the kids are uh great here too. They have great chemistry with Jack Black. Like I said, uh, like I said it's a fun movie to watch, man. There's nothing more for me to fucking say. I give it a four out of five. Join me next week when I will be reviewing 2001's Rush Hour Two. Until next time, peace.